Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports. I'm Casey, and I'm here with Red, as usual. What's happening, Red? A whole lot of everything. I got a busy, busy Saturday today, but got enough time to squeeze in the podcast and talk about some football today, man. Yeah, we've got some big stories going on today um, with just some injuries. We just had uh, some breaking news literally like 60 seconds ago. Dalvin Cook signed a five-year extension with the Vikings. I think it said 62 and a half mil. So he's going to be out there for week one. No worry about a holdout anymore. Um, and we've got a couple injuries. We've got the rest of the afternoon slate, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game that we're going to preview. So Monday night games. We got two of them this Monday week. Monday night baby. games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two of them in week one. Forgive me. Yeah. So should be a should be an exciting exciting podcast because we are right here. I mean, we've we've got to recap the last game too from Thursday night with the Chiefs and the Texans as well. Man, we finally had a football game and. You know, it wasn't like the the most exciting game, but it wasn't a, a bad game either. What did you think of that, uh, that game the other night, Red? It was definitely a little rusty. A lot of people were expecting a big shootout, and I fell victim to believing in that too. And the reality is these first four weeks of the season, I think is going to feel like a lot like preseason. A lot of these teams haven't played or not haven't played, but I feel like they're not game ready yet. It's going to take a while before these offenses really start to – get their stride going. But for the most part, I mean, it was football. I was excited. I spent half the game working on a service call. I got called out, unfortunately, but I was able to get home and watch the second half. And from what I've seen, yeah, you know, it's everyone's rusty right now. I I think for the first four weeks, we just kind of need to temper expectations. But, I mean, Clyder Lair looked good. Sammy Watkins come out of nowhere. I mean, he did it last year, and he did it in the Super Bowl, but everything in between last year, he was pretty much a nobody. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe they have more of a role for him this year. Tyreek Hill, he was he was a little quiet. I, I kind of called that one, but he did get a touchdown to salvage or save his day. So um, fantasy owners were probably pretty pleased with that. Um, Mahomes didn't really put up the stats you really wanted him to. He did score three touchdowns, so, I mean – it's not the Pat Mahomes you wanted, but that's that's why you don't draft a quarterback early. You know, you're going to have floor weeks like this, and you can have someone else, you know, outscore Mahomes' floor weeks. Uh, on the Houston side, you know, Watson did, had, did okay. He, he gets more of his points at the end of the game. Houston's defense isn't really the best. The front, the front line, though, stuffed Clyde Allaire. I think he had six goal line rushes. And he got stuffed on all six of them. Like this Houston front line is actually pretty good. Just Clyde Lair got loose because he was facing like six guys in the box. You know, of course, of course, he's going to run for 100 yards. So, but when it came down to it on the goal line, he got stuffed up a little bit. So, I don't know. This Texans defense could be a little bit better on the run D than what we think. But when you're facing Mahomes, man, you got to give him that respect. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think you said something earlier that made sense is we have to kind of temper our expectations because it was a very unusual offseason, no preseason, any of that stuff. So um, I one of the first things I noticed was, and I feel like it was the Chiefs or is where I saw it first, is 
um, there was a lot of plays dropping passes. I noticed a lot of drop passes to begin the game. And I'll say that I really like David Johnson the way he started the game. I think because they kind of yep, had to he start going me. into yeah, they had to kind of go into uh, you know trying to keep up mode with the Chiefs and Mahomes. So they had to start throwing the ball and getting away from from the run game. But um, David Johnson looked good. He had that one touchdown where he had that sick cut. Well, I was really happy to see that uh, he looked ha- healthy and fresh. But yep. Um, the Texans receivers, yeah. Um, Will Fuller had a nice day. Randall Cobb ran, I think, 50-some routes in that game and only caught, what, two passes or something? So I think he was, was only targeted three times, though. That's, con- along the lines of that. that's concerning, though. If you're th- running 50-some mm-hmm. routes and you only get targeted three times, that must mean that he's not involved in the in, in the game plan all that much. So um that was a bit concerning really like see Clyde Edwards Alaire's usage he carried the ball I think 28 times didn't even catch it once which tells you how much more room he's got for like a bigger game than this because you know he came in because into the league and and was lauded for his passing game skills so the fact that he didn't even really get to show him off that much in week one uh I was that was cool to see um yeah, you know, yeah. I'd say that I think that the Texans' offense not being completely on the same page is really just more working out the kinks and having to go up against the Chiefs in Week One. So they'll figure it out. Will Fuller, Will Fuller had a nice game too. I forgot to mention Will Fuller. He was a he. I think he had ten targets too. That's that's what I like to see. Is this defense is going to give up a lot of points? And I think Will Fuller, as long as he's healthy, he could see double digit targets every week. Just be that DJ Chark effect, you know. They're down, pass it out to them. Right. You know, right. It's just by default, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, so uh, with that, um, let's maybe jump into the injuries that we're mainly dealing with this week across four. the you know fantasy football spectrum. And I'd say, yeah, we got four, and they're all pretty much at the wide receiver position. Um, we've got Cortland Sutton who injured his shoulder in practice the other day and seems like he's going to be a little bit iffy for uh, for tomorrow's game. Or are they playing on Monday? I'm forgetting. Whatever. This week, the Broncos yeah. are playing Monday. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so he's a little bit iffy um, for for Monday's game. Um, what do you what are you doing with Cortland Sutton right now? Are you kind of? I'm I'm benching Cortland Sutton. It's it's a it's a Monday night game. So if you leave him in your lineup and it comes Monday night, and it turns out he's out, or do you find out that he's going to be in a limited role, which if he is active, that very well could be the case. You don't want to be left with having to start like KJ Hamler or someone along the lines of that or trying to go, I don't know, go pick someone up in free agency that you're not excited to start because the guy you could have replaced for Sutton played the day before on Sunday. So I'm I'm leaving Sutton on, my, on the bench this week. Uh, just just kind of a see what happens kind of deal. I'm a Cortland Sutton owner myself, and I'm putting him on the bench in favor of Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I even if Sutton's healthy, this happened very recently, and the fact that they had to go get an MRI almost right away is concerning to me. It doesn't seem like this is just some routine injury. You know, every now and then you're gonna really wrinkle or something like that in practice, but. Seems like he could have legitimately hurt it. And, you know, with Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, you know, maybe they want to get those guys involved a little bit more. But um, we'll, we'll get to the, the game itself later. Mm-hmm. Sutton is uh, someone, though, that 
that injury is worrisome. The another the other guy that worries me is Mike Evans because he was doubtful as of yesterday, but then there's a new report that says now he's been upgraded to questionable, which is great. Whenever you see a late upgrade this you know this late in the week, however, hamstring injuries are just so unpredictable. They're one of the most touchy injuries that you can get in, uh, especially you know being a wide receiver. Mike Evans, he's He's, you know, I think Bruce Arians said it. He's a long strider, you know, like he's a downfield threat because he's going vertical a lot of times. And so, yeah, not being able to let loose with your hammy like that, that that would worry me. The fact that he was doubtful yesterday and upgraded to questionable today, that's good. But it still tells me that he's dealing with something semi-serious. Maybe they want to just kind of get him out there for some snaps in week one just because it's week one. But I have a feeling he's not playing a full he's not playing a full set of snaps like he normally would. Yeah. Even if he does play, they're playing against the saints and he's going to get that Marshawn Lattimore treatment. Marshawn Lattimore has shut down Mike Evans numerous times. So even if he plays, he's a downgrade. I, I, I have him in dynasty and I traded a second round pick to go get Deshaun Jackson. Even if Evans is playing, I'm not starting him. Yeah. I'm probably, avoiding this week unless we get like some overwhelming positive news of like ah they just took a really easy with him he's mm-hmm. gonna go and even that would maybe not be enough for me to make the this difference. might have this might have to be in check our twitter account or something for a mike evans update is probably what's going to end up happening yeah exactly exactly um our our other injury that we're dealing with is kenny galladay and he's dealing with a, a hamstring injury as well right Yes, he is. And he just popped up on the injury report. So that's, man, if you're concerned about Mike Evans, Mike Evans has been fighting this since Sunday or Monday, and he's barely going to make it, even if he does, you know, if he does play. Kenny Galladay just popped up. I don't think he's going to play. I mean, he was almost immediately listed as question or as doubtful. Yeah, he's uh, uh, those late additions. T- uh, to the injury report, and again with the hamstring injury and just the position, you know, wide receiver, what it requires. Any late additions like this, you make a good point of like, you know, Mike Evans was kind of dealing with this, and he's kind of finally about, you know, maybe ready to 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 get into a game for a little bit. I'm not sure Galladay's there either, and because he's their number one guy, they've got to really make sure that he's good for the rest of the season. Um, our last injury that we were going to discuss is Mike Williams of the Chargers, and he's dealing with a shoulder injury too. He's the one that I probably feel the best about out of this group, and even that's not really saying much. The reports on him have been a little all over the place. Of he's going to miss the first month of September. Well, maybe he's going to be good for week one. The coach seems to think he's going to be okay or at least going to be able to give it a shot. So – the fact that they're being pretty optimistic about him playing this week, he's someone that I could – I think that he'll play, but with this Chargers offense in week one, it, that's probably the reason why I'm not playing Mike Williams this week is the injury is just the cherry on top of like, now nah, I'm definitely not. You know, It's like, uh, we need to see how this offense is going to shake out before we uh, – Let's start putting Mike Williams into our lineup regularly when he's got an injury. If he was healthy, it'd be a different conversation, I guess. But yeah, this, uh, the unknown Chargers offense is a little worrisome for, for me right now. Casey, am I reading this right? This Kamara signed five years, 75 million. 
Oh, um, you know what? I did not glance at that. that. I have my phone. Yeah. Well, this is that time of year where, you know, That's it's right before the games start and everything that they, you know, they want to get their money before the season starts. And so, yeah, looks like that's it. We have that five-year, $63 million deal from uh, Dalvin Cook a few minutes ago, and now we have a five-year, $75 million contract for Alvin Kamara. That's that's crazy. That Breaking news a, live on the podcast. That's crazy. Yeah, that is a lot of money for a running back. <laughs> He's um that is you you go back and look at Christian McCaffrey got a four year sixty four million dollar deal. So Kamara just got a five year seventy-five. You know, that's about fifteen million a year, right? Fifteen yeah, it's about fifteen million a year. Yeah, I think that uh -oh. um he's getting a little less than um the average per year salary, I think, but he got the extra year tacked on on top of McCaffrey, so that's probably where he's gonna win out. Good deal. Nice to see that uh, he got his he got his uh, contract. That was that was a cool little breaking news segment that we've never really had a chance to do here on uh, on Milkman Sports. Yeah, and this is also a first recording in the morning time. I like it. <laughs> yeah, we need to make this a habit too. This is cool. Um, yeah. So going back to Mike Williams, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on Mike Williams? <clears throat> I'm probably not going to start him this week either. Or along with the rest of the wide receivers on this list. Um, where you drafted him, he's probably not going to be starting for you anyways. Where you drafted him, he was probably your fourth, maybe fifth receiver in some leagues. I mean, he was down on the list to where he was almost forgotten about until you seen his name. So, um, yeah, I just kind of wait and see kind of what's going on here. There's a lot of questions with Tyrod Taylor and all that good stuff. And until we see what we get out of Tyrod and – I think this is just a week to put Williams on your bench. He's probably already there already. If you play in smaller leagues, you probably only have to start two wide receivers, those standard, wonderful ESPN leagues. But you guys get the gist of what I'm saying. Just keep an eye on Williams. Just It's it's only week one. I've, I've started leagues 0-2 and, and come back and won them. So, yes, every week is important, but I, I'm not willing to gamble with Mike Williams this week. Yeah, it's just some on that. It's I don't think the upside's there this week. He's not one of those guys you should roll the dice on. Perhaps uh, in DFS you can justify rolling the dice on a guy like that, but right now that's not the... Honestly, I think this is a great way to segue into our game slate because the first game on here is the Chargers and Bengals, and we're talking about Mike Williams. Yeah, that was a, that was a uh, nice lead into that. that did not mean to do, but yeah. Um, got the Don't lie. No, I'm serious. We got the Chargers <laughs> and we got the Bengals here as uh, one of the afternoon games. And Red, well, what? Since we're kind of you're the one who brought that up, why don't you tell us what you what your thoughts are on this game? I know I talked about the uncertainty of Tyrod Taylor, but I do got him listed as a dark, kind of like a dark horse quarterback this week for DFS play. He's playing Cincinnati defense. And he should shred regardless if Mike Williams plays or not. Uh, he can hit Eckler out of the backfield. He still has Keenan Allen there. Hunter Henry's probably going to benefit if Mike Williams doesn't play. Um, even if they do end up running the ball a ton and there's a low passing volume, I still expect that Ryan Tannehill effect for Tyrod Taylor, more of a efficient passer and get his numbers that way instead of having to throw the ball, you know, 45, 50 times a game. His rushing floor is also is what's going to kind of 
keep him in the conversation of being a high-end quarterback two this week. I'm not ready to give him the edge to be a quarterback one because we haven't seen it from him yet. But from what I've seen in his days in Buffalo, if he can move that over to a, a team with actual talent, Tyrod Taylor could out outplay his ADP and push for that quarterback one. But I tell people to keep him as a quarterback two this week. Um, the running backs though are kind of interesting to me. We know Eckler is going to get his in the receiving game. We really don't need to talk about that, but Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly, those two are going to be two guys that we really don't know what their role is, but they're trying to fill the shoes of what Melvin Gordon left behind. Austin Eckler is not going to get that whole thing to himself. When both Eckler and Gordon were on the field last year, they were both running back once. So depending on who gets this job, whether it be Jackson and Kelly or Kelly, oh man, you might have some flex appeal in here toward the end of the year. This game could be worse. LA's running the ball at the end of the game. So it's not going to be Eckler running the ball at the end of the game. I think it's going to be one of these two guys. So this game could tell who the backup is or fill in that Melvin Gordon role. Keenan Allen, I think, is just going to benefit from Mike Williams if he doesn't play. Hunter Henry, if Mike Williams doesn't play, he's going to see some red zone opportunity. And then Jalen Guyton, I think he's going to get some snaps too if Mike Williams doesn't suit up. So he's just a guy just to keep an eye on in free agency. Yeah, um, real quick, uh, another little breaking news thing. Cooper Cup apparently is signing a three-year extension with the Rams. There was a report earlier. Are you yeah, serious? There was a report earlier that uh, said that maybe they were getting close, but Adam Schefter just tweeted it a minute ago. Um, I don't see any money yet. It's just a three-year extension is what they're announcing. Um, but that's good. I did not think that that would actually get done. But apparently, you know, they got it done. So good for him. Um, jumping back into this game, um, this is, a, a, I think, a chance for Joe Burrow to come out firing on all cylinders. If, like the hype's going to stay alive, you know, like, this is a good way for it to happen. And, you know, the Chargers defense is actually pretty solid. They've got Joey Bosa, one of the better pass rushers in the league. Melvin Ingram, obviously, is extremely talented. They drafted Kenneth Murray in round one. Casey Hayward's an uh, underrated corner. Um, assigned Chris Harris. You know, it's unfortunate that they lost Derwin James. But, um, but I don't know how this offense is going to look for the Chargers, you know, with Tyrod Taylor at QB. I love Austin Eckler, but, you know, he's not going to be carrying a load by himself. Uh, we'll see how the other two running backs, Josh, uh, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly do. Um, yeah, Mike Williams is banged up. They've got Keenan Allen, but it looks like they're going to have to start like Joe Reed, you know, who's like a fifth rounder from this year. Um, the offensive line has some serious concerns. So I think if the offense for the Chargers doesn't stay on schedule, it's and if the Bengals can just kind of stay on schedule, and they clearly have the talent to do it with Burrow and Mixon and A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. I think even John Ross still got a little something left in him. But um, I could see where this the Chargers offense holds the defense hostage kind of in this game. And the Bengals are the ones that capitalize, and Joe Burrow ends up with a big game. So I'm pretty much avoiding almost all Chargers. I do. I'll say that Austin Eckler will be a weekly play because he's got such a high floor. If they're if they're winning, he's getting the ball in the run game. If they're losing, he's getting the ball in the pass game. So and and if if it's if it's a close game, he's getting the ball. In, you know, regardless. So 
he's part of the offense. Yeah, I'm steering clear of almost every Charger this week, other than Eckler. Whereas, like with the Bengals, I'm basically playing almost every Bengal this week. I I, I think this is a a good week for Burrow, a good week for Mixon, a good week for AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. Who knows? Maybe we'll even see Auden Tate get in on this. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, no, that's you pretty much crushed the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's just go ahead and move on down to the probably one of the better games of the week: Tampa Bay at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, as far as like fantasy and all that stuff goes, like Tom Brady. He's you're going to start him in a potential shootout in this game. That that's a no brainer. Um, Chris Godwin, I'm a little iffy on. If Mike Evans doesn't play, he's going to get Marshawn Lattimore. I'm not sure. I don't think they've lined up against each other. I know Lattimore's been on Evans. I know he was on him twice last year. So that could downgrade Godwin a little bit, but it's something we haven't seen yet. But I'm going to take give the edge to Lattimore because hey. You got a new quarterback coming in, and again, these offenses are going to be a little rusty. So I'm going to temper expectations on Godwin this week, and I'm going to give a boost to Rob Gronkowski a little bit, seeing some red zone opportunity if Evans were to miss. Um, the other two tight ends, O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, it would be so Tom Brady if he got these guys involved and really no one's fantasy relevant, but everybody catches five passes for 40 yards, and Tom Brady is the real fantasy winner on the Tampa Bay offense. Uh, the running backs, I think Ronald Jones is going to be the lead guy this week as Leonard Fournette kind of gets accommodated to the offense. I still think Fournette's going to be on third down, red zone, and passing downs because I don't think Ronald Jones can do it on passing downs. And you let Tom Brady get sacked, you're probably not going to have a starting job in the NFL. So I like I like Leonard Fournette as the receiving guy, red zone guy, and Keyshawn Vaughn with we don't even need to talk about Keyshawn Bond in this matchup. Yeah. Oh, real quick, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is a guy for DFS play. Keep an eye on Scotty Miller. He's not really someone you want to pick up, but he's someone that has some uh, training camp buzz, and Brady really likes Scotty. So if Ev- that's if Evans misses. If Evan plays, disregard what I said. I think Scotty Miller ran like a 4-2-8, you know, back when he came out. So he's got that blazing speed. It would be really cool to see them use that. But between all the other – uh, options that Tampa has on offense, it's you know, I would say, yeah, Miller's probably more of a DFS guy. Um, I think Brady's gonna have one of the best seasons he's ever had this year, so I'm I'm high pretty much on all the the, the entire passing game of the Buccaneers. Brady's gonna be solid. Um, if Mike Evans plays, he's probably not gonna be, you know probably won't play more than half the snap. So it's hard to be high on him this week. Although I'm still high on him throughout the season. Chris Godwin is the guy though, that he's their primary slot receiver from what I understand. So he'll still get plenty of, this will get plenty of volume regardless, especially if he's going to be the featured receiver week one, I'm sure they're going to really enjoy getting Gronk used out there more as a receiver too. They've got Howard and Breit that can play more of the traditional tight end role. And they'll just let Gronk go do what he's, best at and that's you know catch the ball um the running game though this is just kind of a thing to avoid as far as i'm concerned there's just too many guys here that could cancel each other out you know until we start seeing it throughout the rest of the year you know ronald jones fournette who who knows what happens with mccoy but um 
I'm kind of probably avoiding all of the Buccaneers running backs this week. Um, the Saints, I mean, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara just signed that extension. Even Jared Cook had a nice run last year. These are all pretty decent options. You know, we'll see how Emmanuel Sanders transitions over here. I think that, you know, the Buccaneers are not exactly littered with talent in the defensive backfield. I'm really curious to see how Antoine Winfield Jr. plays at safety. His uh, his dad was one of my favorite corners uh, in the league when uh, I was watching football as a kid. And he was someone I really liked uh, coming out as a prospect. But besides him, you know, that secondary, there's, they don't have a lot of high-end talent. So there's a very good chance that Drew Brees is going to eat. Michael Thomas is going to eat. Who knows? You know, we'll see with Taysom Hill, how involved he gets. Um, Alvin Kamara is super involved in the past game. So he's obviously a, a big-time play. The Buccaneers do have some good linebackers. So that might eliminate, you know, some of the – tight end or the running back routes kind of around that mid-range part of the field, but I don't think so. I think that everyone's going to have a good day in that, that Saints offense. I agree. If you're one of those teams, just real quick before we move down to Arizona and the, at the Niners, but <clears throat> just if you're one of those teams that's missing Sutton, Galladay, Mike Williams, or Mike Evans this week, Emmanuel Sanders is interesting in this matchup. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I know I say temper expectations because of no preseason or anything, but I still think there's going to be plenty enough to go around for Emmanuel Sanders to be relevant if you're missing one of the four wide receivers I previously mentioned. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right, Casey, get us started with the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I guess one thing to just mention here is that they're talking about potentially – canceling or postponing this Niners game tomorrow because of the fires going on. The air quality is so bad that they might need to move the game somewhere uh, or just postpone it to another time. I thought it would make some sense to just have, you know, since no one's, there's not going to be a lot of fans and stuff in these games anyway, if at all, just make the Cardinals play their home game at this point. And since they got to play again later, just have them play in San Francisco later. I don't know if what's going to happen, but um, there's a chance that something happens with this game. So be prepared. Um, the Cardinals. I mean, I'm so excited to see what happens with Kyler Murray this year. He's one of the most intriguing guys from a fantasy perspective, because I absolutely believe he can have a Lamar Jackson type season He's probably not as good of a runner as Lamar Jackson, but he's a better passer. And to say he's not as good doesn't – that I, I don't mean to put a slight on his ability as a runner, but it's just that he's got better arm talent. He can use it a little bit more. Maybe Kyler Murray ends up more like Deshaun Watson or something like that. But um, I'll say this, though, against the Niners, this is not a good matchup. They've got – Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, and you know they just drafted Javon Kinlaw. That Fred Warner's off the COVID list. You know uh, the, the secondary still has Richard Sherman, Jaquaski Tart. Yeah, I, I this is probably not going to be one of Kyler Murray's better games, especially since it's Week One and they're working out the kinks. I'm sure he'll still have a yep. fine fantasy day. It's just you can't have too high expectations. With Kyler Murray this week, Kenyon Drake perhaps has a nice day. I expect him to probably have one of his worst games because the Niners have an excellent run defense. Um, we'll see what happens with Hawkins. You know, I, I'm sure that they 
traded for him and paid him all this money, you know, to get some good use out of him. Maybe Christian Kirk is the guy that ends up uh, benefiting the most out of this since he's got an easier matchup with yep. Kawan Williams. Um, or, or it's Fitzgerald because Fitzgerald plays in the slot quite a bit too. Um, so th- that's what I'm thinking on on the Cardinals offense, you know, with the 49ers. They are – their running back situation is just super annoying. It's just because they have, like, three really good running backs, and you just don't know which one. Like They keep talking of Jarek McKinnon. I guess I'll have to believe it when I see it because he hasn't played in two years. But I have a feeling we are going to see him. And they've got Mostert, and they've got Tevin Coleman. I'm probably avoiding the running backs. The receivers are kind of in a similar position in the sense that, like, man, Devo Samuel is probably not even going to play – you know, there's a chance that Brandon Ayuk doesn't even play. Trent Taylor didn't even play last year because the injuries. Dante Pettis has been trash. Like, so their receivers are really a big question mark too, but obviously they've got George Kittle and who knows, maybe Jordan Reed even ends up with a, a role in the passing game. Jimmy G could have a decent day, but he's probably going to do his typical self be a low end QB two is my guess. Yeah. Um, dropping back to the Cardinals real quick, uh, Chase Edmonds, he's someone who could be involved in the offense too, but realistically, we're not, we're not starting him, but I want to put that in there. If you're wondering why Edmonds is getting the ball, they, the coaches have openly come out and said that Chase Edmonds could have a role in this offense. Um, the other guy that's interesting too is Andy Isabella. Uh, he's someone that's a deep threat. I think he can probably catch a long touchdown if you see the uh, coverage going to Hopkins or Kirk or Fitzgerald, and then all of a sudden, hey, Andy Isabella, 50-yard touchdown or something, or something dumb like that. But it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that happen. And then Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold is someone else at tight end. Uh, don't don't start him this week, but j- just keep an eye on him if you're a team that started with zero tight ends. Just by default, he's the starter there. Um, down to the San Francisco real quick. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, I, if, if Tevin Coleman doesn't play, because they're talking about him not playing, so he has a sickle cell trait. So if this game happens... Coleman's likely going to sit and it's going to be a two man show between Raheem Moster and Jarek McKinnon. This is going to be more of like a poor man's uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver. He's someone to keep an eye on too. He had some good games last year. Um, He's just going to be in there by default. I like him as a wide receiver four or some flex appeal. If you're missing one of those guys and you're just kind of jammed into a corner with not really sure what to do. Go get Kendrick Bourne and start him in your fourth receiver spot or in your flex spot if you have to start three receivers. Let's talk about Sunday night, though. Sunday night. The Dallas Cowboys, 51 and a half over under. There is going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, We're starting Dak Prescott, that's for sure. We're starting Zeke Elliott, that's for sure. I like Michael Gallup more than Amari Cooper this week. Uh, Amari Cooper has actually been a little banged up during practice this week, and he's going to line up with Jalen Ramsey. Amari Cooper struggles against the the elite corners of the NFL, so um, he's a downgrade for me in this matchup. CeeDee Lamb has some flex upside. I think Blake Jarwin's going to be the one to benefit if Amari Cooper is removed from the game because of the Ramsey treatment. So fire up Blake Jarwin, fire up Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott. I like all these guys this week. Amari Cooper, just temper expectations. Don't expect wide receiver one numbers. Maybe expect wide receiver three numbers. What are you thinking about the Cowboys? I think that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if 
Jalen Ramsey is stuck on one guy all game. I have a feeling that they're going to kind of use him a, a little more all over the place. So they'll mm-hmm. Cooper will get his chances. Gallup is talented in his own right. Obviously, they got CD Lamb there too. Um, I'm sure that they'll make it work with their receivers. Mike McCarthy, going back to his days in Green Bay, has always got had the receivers heavily involved. I'm not a fan of Blake Jarwin. As far as I'm concerned, he's just kind of a he's just a starter because they don't have a better option on that roster. I don't think that he's I, he's not. I wouldn't even have him as my tight end too. So I can't get excited as him. Uh, I think Zeke is where the real value is at, though. The last time the Rams and Cowboys played a year or two ago, Zeke ran all over them, if I'm remembering correctly. And the Rams' run defense is where they've struggled the last couple of years. Now, they have a new defensive coordinator. Maybe that changes things. A couple other pieces on defense, I suppose, you know. But I'm not confident until I've seen it that they've figured out their run game woes on defense. So Zeke is probably going to have a big day and and maybe Tony Pollard gets involved a little bit too. Overall, just the run game from Dallas is probably going to be good. Um, The Rams on the other side, uh, this is not the worst matchup for them on paper. You know, they've got a a couple corners that are, you know, not the most experienced, I guess, as starters, you know, they've got Trevon Diggs. I think their second round pick, listed as a starter here and they do have some good linebackers and so that's where i'm concerned with what the rams run game is going to do i think like they're going to end up being in the situation where uh, what team was i talking about earlier was it was the 49ers with their three running backs i think the rams is going to be like that but maybe even harder to figure out because they legitimately want to use malcolm brown they legitimately want to use daryl henderson they legitimately want to use cam Akers. have talked it up all year long if there's a receiver that i'm taking from this group it's probably robert woods um, but I, I'm, I'm definitely on the Tyler Higby train. So I, I'd say that like, I think Higby's going to have a great week one. Uh, if there's anyone that does take a back seat, it's probably Cooper cup this week. Just, just a hunch. Um, I, I'm probably avoiding Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson, anyone extra on that, on that offense. What are you thinking? I agree with everything you said. Um, just to elaborate on Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson, Keep an eye on, out on that. It's There's a lot of hype surrounded around Van Jefferson and how polished he is as a rookie receiver. And I really I feel like Josh Reynolds just hasn't really grasped that third wide receiver job like the Rams wanted him to. I know the third wide receiver isn't really something that the Rams, they're kind of go, going more toward two tight end sets and stuff. But whoever wins out of this Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson – they're stashable on your rosters. Cooper Cup's known to miss some time, so it's always good to be ahead of the ahead of the game. So pay attention to who's getting the snaps between Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson. This this move could help you out later on in the season. Well said. Well said. I'm just really excited to see Aaron Donald wreck Cowboys backfield. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! You you're not buying in that uh, Aaron Donald's not a run oh, stopper. Come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's sad that yeah, said that he's like, yeah, like an average run stopper. Okay, okay. You did a little too uh, much. Leave it to the Rams. Too much on the analytics, man. It's like it, it, analytics are important, and you should yeah. be taking it into consideration. But you should not make it the end-all, be-all. At the end of the day, these are just numbers. you got to trust your eyes, you know? And Aaron Rod- or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Donald. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. Green Bay. 
Uh, Aaron Donald, yeah, passes the eye test for sure. <laughs> yes, he does. And he's been good for a while, too. So, all right, moving on, though. Pittsburgh Steelers at the New York Giants. I am sitting Ben Roethlisberger. He is on the road this week. I don't care how good the matchup is. I am not starting Roethlisberger. I do like his receivers, though. Uh, Juju, I like him as a wide receiver, too. Deontay Johnson, he's more of a flex. Wide receiver, three. James Washington, he's going to be that deep threat. The John Ross, the Andy Isabella. Deshaun Jackson, insert deep threat wide receiver, and that's what you're getting out of James Washington. If Roethlisberger can get it that far down the field, Chase Claypool, keep an eye on him to see how they utilize him, but he's a rookie wide receiver, and I don't think he's going to have a big percentage of snaps being on the field. Eric Ebron, I'm not excited about tight ends really with Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm using Jarwin over Eric Ebron. The main guy in this, in this is going to be James Conner the Steelers defense is elite and this game is going to get out of hand quick. And James Connor's the bell cow back. He's an RB one this week. If something were to happen to Connor, it's going to be Benny Snell getting the first and second downs. Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland can kind of just clean up the rest. We're really not starting Samuels McFarland or Benny Snell. Yeah. Um, I'll say that I'm, I'm not real high on Roethlisberger this year, but this might be one of his better matchups. We'll see. Um, I think that they're just going to give the ball to James Conner a lot this week and just see, like, just – I think Ben coming off that elbow injury, they're going to want to slow play him. They're not going to want him to go out there and go chuck it 50 times like he used to a couple of years ago. So they're probably going to just – I mean, I'm looking at this – this Giants defense, and there's a couple guys here that are okay. You know, Jabril Peppers, James Bradbury, Blake Martinez, uh, Dexter Lawrence, maybe, you know. But, I mean, you know, like Leonard Williams is a big name. He's kind of underperformed, and I, I see some other names on here too where I'm just like – I don't I, – I, don't, I could absolutely see James Conner just having a big week. He's probably the only one I really want from this uh, Steelers offense right now, like this week. I just get this sense that the Steelers are just going to be kind of slow all year long. Uh, when I say slow, I should say, like, they're going to play at a slow pace. They're going to run the ball quite a bit. Maybe Deontay Johnson gets some some play. Uh, maybe Juju. Uh, maybe it's James Washington gets in on it too. But I'm mainly going with uh, – with James Conner this week. That's pretty much the only guy I'm super excited about on that Steelers offense. Brad, what are your thoughts on the on the Giants? Again, I'm not excited about the quarterback play in this matchup. I said I'm benching Roethlisberger. I'm benching Daniel Jones, too. He's playing against this elite Pittsburgh defense, and I want no part of it. Joe Hayden and who's the other corner that they traded? Minka Fitzpatrick. Those corners, man, they're going to lock down either Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, or Darius Slayton. I mean, whatever combination of the three – that they take down. I, I'm just not bought in on it. The real receiving weapon to have on this Giants team is Evan Ingram. He's the one that's going to benefit the most out of all the receivers. Saquon Barkley, you're going to have to start him. There's no bench in Saquon. He's matchup proof. Yeah, Saquon's definitely a play every week, no matter what. Uh, he's just too talented. I don't care if you have the best defense in the league. You play Saquon Barkley no matter what. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers' defense, that's why, like I said, they're going to lean on the run game and lean on the defense. They have so much talent. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Devin Bush. Bud Dupree had a nice year last year. We'll see if he can keep it up. Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick was worthy of being defensive player of the year last year. You know, so they, this is probably not a good matchup for the Giants across the board. Yeah, I, I'd say that the you know, Sterling Shepard, I think, could have a lot of volume, or that could be Evan Ingram. Um, definitely kind of steering clear of Daniel Jones. He already fumbles a lot and turns the ball over a lot. Not against a defense like this, uh, I'm steering clear. Um, because of that, they'll probably have to throw the ball a lot. So that's where I think, like, yeah, between Ingram and Shepard, those are probably the two I'd like to own. I think Golden Tate's dealing with an injury of his own. I've not really been high on Darius Slayton across the board. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably avoiding the Giants for the most part this week. Yep. So fire up Barkley and Ingram, and that's pretty much it. Right, right. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on Tennessee and Denver? Well, I'm thinking that Tennessee is just going to go right back to their formula last year of um, – Okay, so before I explain this, there's a, a quick story to explain this or explain the point I'm going to make. Uh, as a kid, I, uh, not just me, but my brothers, cousins, and all that, we would play basketball out in front of my grandparents' house. We had a little basketball hoop out there. And my Uncle Lewis used to come out and play with us all the time. He grew up playing basketball in high school and all that was really good. And we'd play, you know, as, as kids and he'd be involved. But he is... Like he can, he's like Steph Curry. He can make a three from anywhere. Like he's, he's just, you know, draining him like crazy. And we would do this thing where, you know, if I was on his team, he'd be like, all right, guys, we have 10 plays. All 10 plays were, you know, give uncle Lewis the ball. So we'd be out there playing basketball and I'd have the ball and he'd go, <laughs> Hey Casey, play number four, <laughs> which is just basically me give the ball to him so he could shoot it. The reason why I'm telling this story is because this is exactly what's going to happen with the Titans and Derrick Henry. Play number four. I <laughs> Play number seven. Play number eight. It's not going to matter. It's going to be give the ball to Derrick Henry. So uh, I don't expect Tannehill to have much volume. You know, Denver's defense just took this huge hit after losing Von Miller for the season two. That's something we should have talked about to begin the this podcast, but. He's pretty much done for the year. That's gonna that's gonna wreck their defensive plans right before the season starts. And I think all it's gonna do is it's gonna make things easy for the Titans week one to be like, okay, play number seven. Here you go, Derrick Henry. And he's gonna finish with like 30 touches. You know, they have one guy behind him, and it's Darrington Evans, and that's their third round rookie running back from Appalachian State. Behind that, they just have a bunch of special teams guys and so it's not like they need to really spell him very much. They're going to give him the ball. And you know what? Because of that, the passing game as a whole, the quarterback, the receivers, tight end Johnny Smith, A.J. Brown, I'm probably just avoiding most of them this week because I expect Derrick Henry to just get the ball a lot. Yep. I agree. Um, I'm I'm really glad you used that story to describe the Tennessee Titans because I had a hard time writing up this, writing up this matchup. I mean – Tannehill, you're not going to start this week because of the low volume. A.J. Brown, he's a low-end wide receiver, too. And Jonah Smith, he's maybe a streaming option this week. But 
I'm not really a fan this week, and I believe the Broncos were actually pretty good against the tight end last year. They locked up Travis Kelsey a couple games too, so uh, I think that's a downgrade for Jonah Smith this week, even if you were considering him, which a lot of people weren't already. Um, moving on down to the Denver Broncos, though, <clears throat> I like Drew Drew Locke as a quarterback too, but with Sutton potentially missing tomorrow, it kind of gives me some questions, so you're going to kind of have to take a risk and risk on that one for yourself. But I expect the Titans to win this game. So maybe the Broncos are stacking up garbage time, receiving totals, passing totals, or, you know. So I'm not really sure what it's going to look like if Sutton misses. I mean, you're just going to see a combination of Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, uh, Deshaun Hamilton actually seen quite a few targets down the stretch when Drew Locke took over. It's I don't think really any of these guys are going to have a fantasy relevant day. If anybody does, it's Noah Fant. But I think where you're going to get your fantasy juice is going to come from the running backs, and that's going to be Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Just real quick, I just like Melvin Gordon as a running back too this week. Philip Lindsay, I like more of a flex. Both of these guys, though, they're just middling middling options this week yeah the titans defense is stout i mean they just added jadavian Clowney, so i'm gonna go ahead and say that the broncos offense especially after probably not having Cortland sudden at full strength they already are not known for having a particularly strong offensive line i've got a young inexperienced quarterback drew luck he's got some upside but still and although I love Philip Lindsay, strongly not a fan of Melvin Gordon this year, um, this is probably not the week to, to play your running backs from Denver. Um, maybe Jerry Judy has some counting stats because he's one of their only healthy receivers that's pretty good right now. You know, Sutton's injured. KJ Hamler, I don't think, is playing yet. Perhaps Noah Fan gets pretty involved. But generally speaking, um, probably down on Denver's offense this week and just with their defense getting hit with that Von Miller injury here, you know, the other day too, I'm sure that that's just a gut wrench to the whole team. They probably understand. I'm sure they understand like what having Von Miller on your team does, you know, for, for your win total. And that probably just took a hit. So probably avoiding most of Denver's offensive players this week, just due to the overall situation and, just the, the tough defensive matchup they have against Tennessee. I agree. That wraps it up, man. That wraps up our f- week one. And yeah, that's, I'm excited, man. Tomorrow's football. What do we, how many games do we have tomorrow? Uh, we have 10 games tomorrow, or nine games, nine games, 10 games, something like that. That's so much better than one yeah. game. Well, that's just in the morning, I guess. So like nine or 10 games in the morning and then like another four, uh, four or five in the afternoon. So yeah, I guess just clear. We got football all day. All day, morning, afternoon, and we got a Sunday night game too. So we got nothing to do tomorrow other than watch football. Thank goodness. (laughs) Shout out to our sponsors, uh, Agland Security and Deruder Farms. We appreciate what you guys do for us. To our listeners, we appreciate all the feedback we've been getting. We've been getting more subscribers, uh, words getting around about us. Uh, I appreciate everybody that's stepping out and doing that for us. And I kind of like using that support local kind of deal. And 
that's the vibe that I'm getting. And I appreciate you guys for doing that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to the sponsors and to the listeners for sure. Uh, obviously, you know, what we're trying to, you know, provide value and stuff. So it's cool to see more and more people listening to this, you know, think that maybe the conversations we're having are helping your fantasy team. That's cool. We hope that we can keep doing that in the future too. And obviously if you guys have any suggestions, we're on Facebook now or on Twitter. We're on Instagram. So you can find us pretty much anywhere these days. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to putting out more content uh, now that we're finally here in football season. Yeah, buddy. It's 17 weeks of Christmas. <laughs> That's the name of my dynasty league. That's why I named it. Yep, yep. So, All right. Until then, guys. All right. Yeah, thanks out. for listening, guys. Peace out.